Welcome to the Romani Tea Room, a podcast series by the European Roma Rights Centre, talking about Romani activism, history and culture. So pour yourself a cup of tea, pull up a chair and join us. Hello, I'm Sophie Datishvili and you're listening to the Romani Tea Room, a podcast series by the European Roma Rights Centre. 76 years ago, on 16th of May, Nazi soldiers entered the Romani camp, intending to murder 6,000 Roma there. What happened next is still one of the most incredible stories in history of Second World War. The Roma took up metal pipes, wooden panels, stones and barbed wires, and attacked the 100 Nazi soldiers armed with rifles. They fought off the attack, and the Nazis retreated. May 16th has become the symbol of Romani resistance. In the first episode of Romani Tea Room, grandchildren of Roma Holocaust survivors will recall family memories. You will hear five incredible stories of resistance and survivor. First story is told by Benjamin Ignaz, Croatian Roma, whose grandmother was taken to the Nazi camp in early 40s, where she spent long months in famine and fear. I talked recently to my mom about my grandma, who was a Holocaust survivor, and this is what I found out. My grandma's name was Agneza Orsus. She grew up in Ternovets, which is a small village in the north of Croatia. And sometimes in the early 1940s, she was taken from the village and deported to Dachau, which is one of the concentration camps in Germany. Uh, She was taken there with her parents, Marco and Maria, and her brother, Adam. The Roma people, they didn't exactly know what kind of camps these were. Many believed it was just for physical labor, but a lot of people were still terrified because they heard rumors and stories about the Nazis and the horrible things they've been doing to non-Germans, especially to Roma people. When my grandma arrived in Dachau, the men were separated from the women, so her father, Marco, he was placed into forced work, and Adam, the little brother, he was hiding with my grandma's mom and with my grandma. My grandma recounted that her father, Marco, died soon after arrival because of physical exhaustion. He was worked to death, literally. Her most vivid memory is of the hunger during that period. There was barely any food, any real food. So the prisoners were fed basically like pigs um, in feeding troughs, which were filled with stale bread and spoiled food. And even this was not enough for everyone because there were just too many people. And she recalled that sometimes out of desperation, They tried eating the grass and apple cores or other food wastes. They just, out of desperation, had to improvise somehow. When the camp was finally liberated, uh, my grandma and Adam, her brother, they were around eight or nine years old. They were all malnourished and weakened. Maria, Adam and Agneza, my grandma, uh, eventually made it back home to Croatia in 1945. Agneza went to marry a man named Juro, which is my grandfather, and they had seven children, one of which is my mother, Katarina. 
and the seven children proceeded to have families of their own. In total, nowadays, after the children of the children, um, 342 people came into this world through my grandma Agnesa. If it wasn't for her, if she hadn't survived the death camp, none of us would be here today. My name is George Ivanovic and I'm originally from North Serbia, Vojvodina. I grew up in a small village which on one day during the Second World War was raided by Nazi Germans. At that time, on particular day, Nazis were approaching our village and actually at that time only Roma were living there. And my ancestors, including my grandfather who was a boy, were working in a field. As they saw the tracks with soldiers, my grandfather's brother, who was in his early 20s, started running home to protect his wife and baby. Shortly after, his father, my great-grandfather, went after him. They were both unfortunately captured by Nazis before they arrived at home. By some randomness, they ended up in a different trucks that were transporting uh, other Roma as well, but in different uh, locations. So my great-grand-uncle uh, ended up in the concentration camp in Croatia, where he was brutally killed. And my great-grandfather was sent to the forced labor camp in Germany, where he stayed for three years, only after returning to find out that actually his oldest son was uh, killed. My name is Vivian Brasoi, and I'm a Roma from Hungary. I live in Budapest, and I come from the Lovari group of Roma. My grandmother was a child when it happened. Her father owned an apartment in Budapest, which he had bought in the 1920s or 30s. They were considered kind of middle-class Roma, because he had inherited money from a rich aunt. He was known as a man who counted lawyers, writers and poets among his friends. A socialite who spent his time in fancy clubs and cafes in the capital. He was not at all the stereotype most people imagine of Roma in pre-war Hungary. When the war broke out, they decided that they would leave Budapest and go to the southern part of Hungary. They first went to Scholt and then to Kalocsa, and this is the town where I was born later. They successfully hid from the Nazis and from the Arrow Cross. After the war, they were left with nothing but their lives. Their apartment had been taken away from them, and because they did not have any of the papers necessary to prove that it used to belong to them, they were unable to reclaim it. I'm Anik Balaj. Let me share the story of my family during the Holocaust from the perspective of my grandparents, my aunt and her uncle. Year 1944, my grandmother becomes a widow at the age of 20. Her first husband, who had joined partisan, is killed by fascists. He was only 21 years and left behind a child, my aunt Adela. My grandfather, who married my grandmother nine years later and had three children with my grandmother, including my dad, went through the hell of two concentration camps during the war. How and why he got there will probably remain a secret forever. 
Our family only knows as much that he managed to escape from the first concentration camp and only left Auschwitz after its liberation. After the war ended, his family at the time considered him dead. In his birthplace, the bells rang in the local church to commemorate his loss. Two years have passed and to everyone's surprise, my grandfather returned home. He never told our family about what he had went through and endured during the war. After the war ended, it was common that people had to find their way home on their own and it could last several years to get home. One can only imagine the horrors he had to go through and had buried inside of him for decades. My grandmother often mentioned inhuman and awful mass executions in Kremnitschka. When there was silence, shots, desperate and heartbreaking cries could be heard from there. They could be heard all the way to nearby Badin. As soon as the people of the village heard the roars of trucks, they knew what would happen next. They are going to kill the defenseless and the innocent. Those who lived directly in Kremnitschka spoke in horror about streams of blood flowing from the trenches near the village into the local river. They did not even properly bury the dead bodies, sometimes only covered them with leaves or snow. The story of my family gives a shivering picture of horrors and losses that many people endured during the war, and these stories should not be forgotten. Ma bisteren. My name is Roshana Loeinwit, I'm a German citizen and I was born in Minden, which is a small town near Hanover. And in Minden my family has lived for quite a while, like recently people, we're here in Germany for about 600 up to 700 years, yet my grandmother wasn't born there, uh, she was still like uh, a person who was traveling around a lot, yet our ancestors have been there for I don't know how many hundred years. And this is one of the reasons why we survived the Holocaust. Uh, my grandmother was a survivor and uh, a child survivor. Like She was very little when, uh, when the war started. She was born in the middle of the war, basically, and um, she would raise me when I was little, like my mom was working full time and my grandfather was still working when I was a child, but my grandmother was already retired because she was a little bit older and also she was very sick. She had a lot of trauma from the Holocaust and that affected her physical health. My grandmother would talk very intimately about everything in details, to be honest because she tried to warn us in a kind of way. Like, she was very afraid that everything that had happened to her could happen to us as well. So what she did was, she would tell lots of stories, like uh, she and the siblings had to hide multiple times in the cellar of friends back then. Like, friends, what could you call friends? But those were people who were willing to risk their life for us and their safety and she would tell me how she was in the basement looking through the through the little holes on the floor seeing the Nazis walking above her head stomping looking for gypsies and 
she would not dare to breathe too loudly because she was so afraid that she, if she breathed too loud, she would, she would be the reason that she and her, her siblings and her mom would be killed. So towards the end of the war, they had uh, to hide in the forest and they suffered very much from hunger. But there is also uh, the event uh, where the people came to release them, the British soldiers. And she would also remember that and tell me about that. Like the day that the British forces came to Minden uh, and the children would run onto the street and my grandmother would see like a, a tank for the first time and uh, the British army and she was still afraid because she was a little child and she didn't know okay what's going to happen now will they also kill us and uh, they just threw like goods into the arms of the children like chocolate and my grandmother would tell me like wow this was the first time I tasted chocolate and she would love the British forces for the rest of her life like she was always afraid of gadget people uh, for obvious reasons and be like mm, a little yeah she had trust issues towards every everybody but especially uh, <laughs> towards gadget people which is like okay you can empathize with that after everything that had happened to her but towards the British people she was like wow these are these were her heroes like she would work later on in her life for the british forces who were still in minden for i think 30 or 40 years like until i was born there were still british forces in minden um and my grandmother would work until her retirement for them in the kitchen and she would have take pictures with the soldiers and she would love British food although we simply traditionally eat very traditional German food my grandmother she would also love like uh, I don't know black pudding bacon and eggs all of that stuff she would love to go to to the British club and uh, talk with the people although she could not speak English she was just she just loved to be around the people that treat her and I think this is also very a good story to tell and that should not be undermined like we hear so many horror stories but there were also the stories of re of relief and uh, freedom yeah <laughs> so far for me that's all for today stay tuned for the next episode of the Romney Tea Room thanks for listening